This is Pause for Thought, a podcast brought to you by Animal Therapies Limited. Since 2003, Nils Lansky and his herd of alpacas have been spreading the love around Canberra, helping those doing it tough and putting a smile on people's faces. Along with Honeycomb, Hercules, Paprika, Willow and Mimosa and his llama, Forrest Gump, Nils has visited palliative care units, hospitals, aged care homes and mental health units, providing much-needed support. But after 17 years, Nils is hanging up the reins, partly due to his own ill health and also due to the visitation restrictions forced on him by the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we're going to hear his remarkable story. Hi, Nils. Welcome to Animal Therapy's podcast, Pause for Thought, and thank you for joining us today. Yeah, well, thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. Nils, for the past 17 years, you and your team of alpacas have helped so many Canberra residents dealing with, you know, all sorts of trauma. Um, Like you're a household name in Australia's capital city, it appears. So for the benefit of our listeners outside of the ACT, can you just explain the service you've provided to Canberrans over the years and who you have actually helped? I guess it all gets back to I just wanted to help people to to generate smiles. You know, the hospice uh, with terminally ill patients, um, at the mental health units, um, in nursing homes and uh, schools, um, private homes for people that were housebound through serious illness or accident, and just people in the street. And can you just describe what you do with these uh, alpacas? Well, at the hospice, I'd take one or two alpacas in there, and uh, I mean, the first one, Honeycomb, he was very sensitive. Alpacas are incredibly sensitive to people's emotions because uh, alpacas and llamas experience so many human emotions themselves. You know, they can be happy, they can be sad, they can feel grief if they lose a baby. or And so when people were dying, they would know about that and would sometimes go up to a person who was obviously grieving, whether it was a patient or a patient's family member, and either give them a kiss or nuzzle their hands just to let them know that they understood and wanted to help. I mean, Honeycomb, um, on a number of occasions, he, he would go up to a patient's bed when the patient was nearing the end, and he would lie down right alongside the bed and the family who'd been called in, somebody would say, oh, is he tired? And they say, no, he's protecting your mum or your child or whatever. And what he's signifying is that if anybody wants to hurt this person, they have to cross him. And um, the, the, it was a, a sort of a powerful thing, and, you know, quite often it generated a few tears. Nils, um, how did you get into alpacas? I believe there was a defining moment in 1994 that sort of switched your mind over to animal therapy. Can you just talk us through that? At that time, I was a massage therapist and I volunteered my services to the hospice at the Royal Canberra Hospital. And they asked me to do the um, hospice volunteers course because they want to see how people respond to terminally ill patients, and uh, one of the patients had a a young woman had a brain tumour and she'd gone blind and as a result of that, and she loved animals. So I thought I'd um, 
and I wanted to give her a little gift, so I went to a pet shop and asked me if I could borrow a baby rabbit. And uh, and then, you know, with the hospice permission, I took the baby rabbit back and and then put it on, on this girl's chest. And, and I, was, I told her I had this little animal, and she put her hand on the rabbit, you know, and the look on her face was just pure magic. And then later on in October 2003, when I was given honeycomb, I could see the effect he had on people. I just used to walk him around the suburb and people would come out and just want to pat him and smile. And one, one lady rushed out of the house one day and said, oh, um, I, hope it, I was hoping to see you. Her father hadn't spoken for a long time. He, he hadn't had a stroke. There was no known medical reason. He just hadn't spoken for a long time. And she said, would you bring Honeycomb up to see my father? And so we went up inside and, and the old gentleman was seated in the hallway and, um, and this lady said, look, Papa, Honeycomb's come to see you. And I took the old gentleman's hand and put it on Honeycomb's little woolly head and the old man said, Honeycomb. And then he started talking. I mean, how... How magic's that? Did you have to train these alpacas in any way? How do you how did you know that they were going to be safe for people to take them into hospices and aged care homes? I think because I gave them so much love. Like Honeycomb, he was an orphan, and uh, we got him when he was a couple of weeks old. And he just can't help. I couldn't help falling in love with these animals. I called them my children. And, no, I gave them lots of love. I gave them lots of good food. I'd get up, you know, four o'clock in the morning to go to the farmer's market. I'd get them organic veggies where I could. Was it and difficult getting approval from these aged care homes and hospices to persuade them to take an alpaca into the premises? How did you go about that? Well, I think because of my, the time I spent at the Royal Canberra Hospital Hospice, um, uh, that gave me a foot in the door, and uh, but the alpacas were so gentle and loving. There was generally never a, a problem, and um, and then I had uh, my llama Forrest Gump at um, uh, up at the Canberra Hospital one day, and uh, at Woden, and there were so many people clustered around him. And then I was approached by a gentleman from the uh, Adult Mental Health Unit, MHU, and he asked if I would take um, Forrest Gump to the Mental Health Unit because he he thought that he'd have a, a good effect on the patients there. And, and that's why it turned out. It was, uh, we'd go there fortnightly and uh, a lot of severely traumatised people there, young women and so on, and... Some of these youngsters, they they didn't speak when they came in. The, the the trauma would be too horrific, and but then they'd start to talk to the llama or the alpacas, and then that would start talking with humans again. And you, you can't put a value on it. It's just. And you you must have dealt with some people in extraordinary circumstances over the years. Um, are there any specific ones? I know you've mentioned a couple that, that come to mind that have really left an impact on you. Yeah, I had Hercules. Uh, I, I used to walk the alpacas up through town, through Civic, 
sometimes and we're walking up one of the main roads and there was a young woman who looked like she could have been a legal secretary, you know, very well dressed and very smart and everything else. And and she stopped to ask if she could pat him and all that. And um, and then she was looking a bit, uh, I don't know if sad's the word, but um, I said, look, would you like to take his lead? So she took him, walked him up the street and then... Uh, then she had to go back to work. And then a few days later, I received a message from her and she said, thank you so much for letting me pat Hercules uh, because he's given me the strength to keep going. Do you know why she said that? Who knows what's going on in people's lives? Because Hercules, uh, he was very switched on too with people and he'd, you know, nuzzle their hands. He always knew if somebody was doing it tough and he would do his best to comfort them in his own way. You know, he'd reach up and give them a nuzzle or nuzzle their hands and he even kissed a couple of people, which is really super sweet. He, Hercules, when he was <laughs> when he was a baby at the hospice, you know, I used to hold him in my arms. There was one lady there who was dying of motor neuron disease and she was very agitated. And I said to her daughter, well, what's wrong with your mum? And she said, oh, mum's really upset because she hasn't been able to try for a long time. And we didn't know if it was the MND or... So I just sat down next to her with baby Hercules in my arms and he just leaned over and gave her a big snuggle and she burst into tears. It, it was powerful, powerful stuff. So, Nils, after 17 years, you're winding up your service. Can you tell us why? Yeah, I had a, you know, health was uh, deteriorating somewhat. And it was getting harder to find uh, volunteers. And uh, with the COVID thing, I couldn't get into the hospice or the nursing homes or the mental health units. Plus, I was getting a bit tired, I I suppose. So what have you learned from the experience of working with the alpacas in, you know, these really special circumstances over the past two decades? In order to be happy, I think you have to create happiness in others. That's one of the the basic laws of life. If you want a friend, you need to be a friend. I think one of the problems these days is that people don't have anyone to talk to these days. There's people have become very insular um, and not through lack of caring or anything. It's just a technological age. And, and so many youngsters out there are doing it really tough. People are just needing love and, and animals are so happy to give love. Well, Nils, there's no doubt that... You're leaving an extraordinary legacy, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of hundreds, if not thousands, of people in Canberra who are so grateful to you for your work with your alpacas over the years. And um, thank you for being with us today and yeah, just spreading spreading the love, I guess. Mm-hmm.